now being on the inside, Florida, we're crazy. We're crazy state. <laughs> <laughs> well, why do you say that? You mean in terms of verdicts or do you mean in terms of the substantive law or what? Verdicts, uh, substantive law, uh, yeah. highly, highly, highly litigious. So uh, yeah. yeah, just we're the perfect storm of, uh, of litigation. We're, just, we're, we're all about it. Welcome to The Defense Never Rests with Morgan and Akins, your monthly dose of uncommon sense about all things legal and some that are not. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of The Defense Never Rests. I'm your host, Megan Henry, and today I'm joined by my co-host again, Nate Bolander. Hi, Nate. Good morning. Coming to you from uh, mid-beaming up to the mothership here (laughs) with these light spindly fingers above me. Sorry about that. Well, I love having you on as my co-host, Nate, because every time I think you're on, you're in a different location. So everyone gets to see these like varied backgrounds for you. You're like, Nate travels the world. <laughs> yeah. Until the baby comes in January, uh, we are we are mobile and then we are not mobile after that. We've told all our family and friends we're yeah. stuck. Yeah. You're not like mobile for ever. No. Or, and so when weird. you are, it's like you have to bring so much stuff that I know. you guys have to stay yeah. home. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. If you need me, come to our house for the next two years. So. <laughs> that sounds. We'll, we'll travel now accurate. and not after January, right? <laughs> well, today we're we're joined by one of our favorite guests, Matt Margolis. Uh, I think this is like his third time joining our our podcast. Um, and Matt was uh working as a practicing attorney a few months ago, and then just recently went in house at Lloyd Jones. So we we brought him on to get kind of the inside perspective. As now that he's on the other side of the table, you know types of things that he, he, what's changed for him and like what he likes to see on reporting and from his, his defense counsel and all, all that good stuff that we like to hear about. Yep. And he was, he was making reports and handling claims, you know, right on the ground. And now he's receiving the reports and kind of overseeing claims. So we'll see how that transition has been for him. Yeah. It really interesting. And I, I really good perspective. So with that, let's bring him in. Hi, Matt. Good morning. Thanks for joining us again. We were just saying this is your third time, I think, on the Defense of Arrest. Do I get a t-shirt or like, I don't know, a mug? I don't know. We might need to start calling you like co-host or something. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I think you might be like, I think you're tied with probably Sherry Bellis is like, like most appeared guest. Maybe. I'm not sure. I'd have to fact check that. If not, our, schedule me for the next one. Let's do this. <laughs> Yes, I'm, I'm getting the trophy. Or, or Sherry's going to be like, no, I got to be on it too. <laughs> fight, to fight to the top. So, so I, I don't know if our, our listeners heard, well, you've been on two times, but our first time we had you on to talk about how you've coined yourself, Matt, the millennial, millennial lawyer on LinkedIn, which we had you come on and talk about that because I think it's an awesome marketing technique um, and you create really, really good content, funny content. Appreciate it. Yeah. But since we last talked, you were, well, you were at a firm and now you've gone in-house. So now we're like, great, let's open the doors and listen to every, everything that's going on the inside that we've all been curious about. And is it better? It. Is house better? I know. It's always the big question we all have. <laughs> right. But so, but let's back up a little bit though. Um, so you worked in private practice for a number of years um, and you had like a really good corner of the market. You had an awesome marketing technique and you're really generating a lot of buzz. So, you know, how was it that you came to, to shift over to be like, did this opportunity fall into your lap? Were you looking like what happened? Uh, that's a good question. I wasn't looking. Um, the opportunity kind of presented itself and I love private practice. I loved, I listen, I still post all of those fun gifts and memes and, and funny posts on LinkedIn and I'll continue doing it. But 
um, marketing, you know, ultimately takes its toll, right? It's a lot of work. There's a, there's a lot of thought put into it and it takes away ultimately from the billable hour. So um, this opportunity was presented itself. It was this opportunity too, too good to be true from an organization that is absolutely stellar. And um, I, I took it. I took it. I, I, you know, you, when you're presented with something like that, what are you supposed to do, right? Right. So, but let's back up a little bit before, when you were in private practice, you, you were primarily doing, um, I believe like construction work and stuff. And how did that segue into where you are now? So the construction work really lent itself. So let me, I'll give some background. So, uh, I work at Lloyd Jones. Lloyd Jones is a developer manager, private equity group that owns, develops, again, manages, um, a wide portfolio of properties multifamily, senior living, hospitality. Um, and I, I brought to the table, right, the risk man- management and risk mitigation strategies I learned being a defense attorney, doing general liability claims and, you know, the, the host of, of things that just kind of came across my desk. Um, and on the construction side, it really lent itself to the development, to negotiating contracts, especially as a construction attorney. If you've litigated the issue, you know what to give on and what not to give on, right? So uh, it really lent itself to this transactional and litigation. You know, there, there, there is some litigation components to the job, but uh, to the mostly transactional role. How was the transition moving over? Like, I mean, that's, I think that's like the million dollar question we all ask. Like you go from, you know, quantifying your whole day, you know, in, in point one increments to suddenly you don't have, I think you posted about it recently too. Like I think about your day and all, and you know, increments and just to have suddenly that be gone. I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know what so I do. It's <laughs> super weird. So like, uh, I think day one and I had posted about it and it was like dead serious. Like day one, I didn't, it's really hard to quantify like even your day. Right. So like, you don't even know what time it is. So I'm, I'm working and there's all these things coming at you and you're handling all these, whatever it may be. And I'm like, wow, I must have built like a 0.8 or for that and like a 0.9 for that and like 1.6 for that. So I'm like, what? It should be. It's like 11, like 11 o'clock right now. And then I look and it's like 4.30. I'm like, oh my God, what happened? Like, I don't know what time it is. So it, it, it's, it's super surreal. Um, to this day, I mean, it's, it hasn't been that long, but at least, you know, it's been a little bit of time and I'm, I'm, Honestly, even this podcast, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be like a 1.1. And I already sent the invoice too. So I sent it to you guys, I sent it to myself. <laughs> Nate, Nate feels yourself- your language. He, he, he sometimes podcasts stress Nate out because he's like, oh man, <laughs> that's a 1.3. Where am I, I gonna do, make that I up? <laughs> because Matt, I have a, I have this thing where I have to get I, I track my time as the day goes every day. So at noon, I always have three or four. I'm not yeah. one of those people that enters the billables at the end of the month or any of that stuff. I just, I do it as I go. So for me, it's like, this is, I had to, I had to get up early to make time for this, even though I know I could probably find time this weekend or whatever. I, I need to get my sure. time today. So that, that's how I operate. So do you, yeah. do you track time now that you're in-house at all? I mean, is there any way that you have to quantify your time? So no, so I don't, I don't actually track. Well, uh, you know, I guess it's yes and no. Right. So I don't track my time in the traditional sense, but like mm-hmm. internally, I know how long certain things take and I know if it's too much, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I'm working on a contract and I'm like, why is it taking me in, you know, in billable hours? Why is it taking me a 2.4? Why is that taking me a 2.4 when I know this should be a lot less? And 
kind of instinctually, I'm like, all right, I need to get better at these tasks to, you know, be more efficient. But so internally, yeah, I'm like 2.4, but writing it down and, and putting it in my billing software and getting yelled at by the billing person, gone, no more. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. (laughs) Well, it's got to take some of this like pressure away. Cause sometimes I find like, if I'm in deep in a project or research or something, then you start to be like, I'm taking too much time. I'm taking too much time. I can't. And so now you can actually take the time you know, and it's okay. You know, you probably have pressures and deadlines that are different, but you're not worried about, oh, like, I can't, I can't build a 2.4 for this, yeah. you know, contract review. I, I can't do that. But, but if that's what you're doing, that's what you're doing. It's, and even on our side, if you're, if it's taking you that t- much time to go through it, it's taking you that much time. But I always have that little like thing in my ear, like you're taking too much time. Yeah. You got to wrap it up, figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, it's still always there. something, yeah, it's always something for me, at least nebulous kind of like an answer is an answer. And, and if it's, if it's a 300 paragraph complaint, it's going to take a while. If it's a 22 paragraph complaint, it's not going to take as long. If you sure. have to do POs, it's going to take a long. I mean, there's things in your head that are more concrete, but the thing that always gets to me, Megan, where I have the, the voice in the back of my head is research, research time. I'm always like, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this was funny. This is, this, like, this is also where we segue into working from home and the challenges. Exactly. So we you got already of, got rid. We got rid of the dog in. to add the cat. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> What's next? And armadillo is just going to walk around yeah. back there. I don't oh, know. I want to. Is, the is there going to be like a hamster running yeah. across? Yeah, the birds are going to fly in and fly. <laughs> That's right. Like, oh, perfect. This is this is it. Yeah. This is my podcast. I'm the, you know, the circus. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I. I I find myself with research, I think it's going to take a, you know, find out what the standard is for this or the elements for that. Or, and I find myself in a nebulous hole all the time where I'm, I don't want to miss anything, right? Because you don't want to put on paper to a filing to the court. Here's the law. I'm going to apply it. Because once you start applying it, once you start concluding what, you know, you don't want stuff, then it's, you know, you're locked into that. So I don't want to miss anything. So I could take yeah. a really simple issue. And if I wanted to research it for five hours, but I know it's not possible. So I have to get around it, cut it a little wet, a little bit. And, sure. and oftentimes you reach out to the other people at your firm and say, has anyone dealt with this issue? And maybe you can bounce ideas off them. But research is always the thing I find that's, that's you just go down a rabbit hole and it's just like you well, never, you can never end. You know what the, the kicker with research though is, is that you'll be doing, you're like, okay, I spent way too much time. I got to be done. Like, okay, a few more minutes. And then you find the case mm-hmm. that is exactly what you're looking for. You're like, what if I had stopped? So mm-hmm. it just perpetuates <laughs> the need to yep. keep looking. Cause like it, it happens to me more times than it doesn't. So mm-hmm. I always am like, well, just, why don't I just try this search? Why don't I just spend a little bit longer? And then you always, w- without a doubt, you find what mm-hmm. you're looking for. Yeah. You just Magic. you just like opened up like uh, the next scary movie because we're getting really <laughs> the Halloween, right? <laughs> Dawn of the Dead, the day you missed that one case. Uh, <laughs> Seminal opinion. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's giving me chills, honestly, thinking about it. It's been a while since I've litigated, or at least I've been in court, so it's... Yeah. Uh. <laughs> well, so it's got to be weird, though, now that the tables are turned to see files being like, you ha- obviously have litigated files and, and seeing them being litigated sitting on this side of the desk. Like, can you, do you try to like micromanage? Like, how, how do you, how do you handle it? All of my defense counsel probably listening to this podcast. <laughs> I hate that. That's the worst. <laughs> so uh, yeah, like it's super weird, right? So you, like uh, you'll have a case come your way and it's not in the traditional sense, right? Like maybe you have an adjuster or you have the client send it over. For me, it's like, oh gosh, I got X, Y, and Z. So you know something is potentially forthcoming or 
it's already in suit and you just get slapped with the complaint, right? So I get it. And once uh, defense counsel is assigned, uh, I could, I don't know, I could be a little overbearing. I'll admit to it. So I'll, you know, I'll just, I want my updates. I want to see initial reporting done. I want to see, you know, everything that was expected of me um, working, especially for carriers. Mm-hmm. So it's really weird because then, you know, I, I, and this is probably a problem with many in-house counsel that previously litigated, letting go of the reins, mm-hmm. because there's plenty of times, you know, they're like, hey, we're going to go in this direction. I think this direction's best. And I'm like, I don't know, Greg. And <laughs> there is no Greg, by the way. I don't know if it's just a random. <laughs> if there is a Greg and you're my defense counsel, I apologize, Greg. So, um, <laughs> like, you know, I don't know about that, but, you know, I, I think that's, that's, it's strange for me to kind of pull back and trust my defense counsel and allow them to do their job. Um, It's gotta be impossible, especially like you only moved into this role about like a few months ago, right? mm -hmm. So it's, it's probably hard to, yeah, it's hard to break the habit. Like if you've been into a few years, you know, I could see it easier to step back, but now like you really just left litigation. So you brought, you know, you still, you're still in it. Like your mind is still in it. You haven't gotten used to letting someone else handle it. It, it's true. And it's, I, I mean, I, I assume you're right over time. Like I will, I will ease up and be like, yeah, no, I, you know, they've got it. No worries. But I'm, I agree right now. I'm like, well, hold on, hold on. I've done this. <laughs> this doesn't sound right. And I freak out. Um, but I, I'll, I'll use this as a moment as a shout out to all my defense counsel. Y'all are great. So <laughs> sorry in advance. <laughs> I was gonna say, do you ever legitimately overrule people? I mean, when they say, listen, like they write yes. a report and we, we always underline our action stuff in reports. So, you know, it's like five paragraphs and we'll have maybe one line per paragraph. We say we plan on answering versus POing and here's why or things like that. Do you ever write them back and say, no, wrong. I want it done this way. I said, yes. So I, I'll, I guess I'll caveat it. So yes, in the sense of like, uh, we'll actively discuss, you know, like, again, not divulging into too much, but, uh, you know, I definitely have my own thoughts on how the cases should be run. And um, if I see something that maybe doesn't align with that thought, you know, I'll give my two cents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very diplomatic answer. That's good. Yeah, right. <laughs> See, if you asked me that a couple months ago, like real, like super fresh, I'd be like, absolutely not. I scream at yeah. them. Don't do right, right, right. I'm shaking no, the initial report, ripping it up. I don't think you scream at anybody. No. <laughs> Try not to. Yeah, I know. I'm. But- I I think when I used to be in court, I used to call myself like a chihuahua. So I used to have like I used to raise my voice, but I'm like, no one can tell this. But I'm like five eight, maybe like 150 pounds. So it's like a barking chihuahua. Um, that's that's an insight into my litigation tactics. Did, did you get patted on the head and someone say, settle down, boy? <laughs> once. <laughs> Very close to what you're saying, once in Palm Beach County. Um, I had a judge once um, was like, all right, Matt, cool your jets a bit. And I'm like, sorry, you know, because I'm, I'm a chihuahua. So uh, yeah, it has indeed happened. So do you find, do you have some challenges? Like, so you, when you were practicing, you practice in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I presume now that your files are more, are outside of Florida. So how is it being when you have litigated files in other jurisdictions? It's, it's interesting. Um, and, you know, selfishly, like it's a, it's a good learning experience, right? So like maybe uh, there's a dispute in Texas or there's a dispute in Michigan or wherever it may be. And I, I you're right. I'm a Florida litigator and Florida is unique in itself in a lot of aspects of law. So um, th- those jurisdictions, I really rely upon my defense counsel. And I like uh, those cases because I like to, you know, I have, a, I have a real dialogue with those folks. 
and it allows me to fully understand what's going on in that jurisdiction. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, but, but it's also, you know, it's, it, as a general counsel, in-house counsel, it, it's, it's like concerning because it really is like a, like a no man's zone for me. Like I've never been on this area. I have no idea how the judges are. I have no idea what the law looks like. I have no idea X, Y, and Z. So it's, it's kind of scary when you have cases outside in those areas, but, you know, again, good defense counsel that, you know, will bring me up to speed on any sort of issues that are unique to those areas. Now through that, have you found since in your time starting there, have you found any jurisdictions that like now you're like, like, I mean, we all have our impressions of certain jurisdictions. In fact, Florida is one of them that we're like, well, you don't want to be in Miami, (laughs) you know? So have, have you experienced like some like oddities through through the last few months in certain some, jurisdictions definitely some um i won't i won't say the jurisdiction but i will say outside of florida there are some states that i don't y'all are doing uh fix it up guys like i don't know what's going on there but i will say like now being on the inside uh florida we're crazy we're a crazy state <laughs> <laughs> well, why do you say that do you mean in terms of verdicts or do you mean in terms of the substantive law or what verdicts uh substantive law uh, highly, highly, highly litigious. So, uh, yeah, yeah. just we're the perfect storm of, uh, of litigation. We're, just, we're, we're all about it. So, and, yep. and why do you think that is? I have my own theory of why I think Florida would be like that, but I'm curious from someone who actually knows it and breathes it, uh, why you think Florida is so crazy. We we've made stabs at tort reform, but on, on there's plenty of issues that we've kind of pulled back on, or the law isn't super clear. So it, it has allowed a lot of cottage industries to appear and people to take advantage of those cottage industries. Um, I think probably, I mean, you probably see in the news like first party property in the state of Florida is probably the best example where you know it because of certain case law, you can get multipliers on these cases even though everyone wants to take them and. As a result, you have this cottage industry where folks are litigating first-party property cases in droves. Like, I've heard of, I heard a firm I had ten thousand files mm-hmm. um, on like a casual Tuesday. So, um, <laughs> I, I'm thinking that's maybe a part of it. Um, as it relates to maybe verdicts, I think across the United States, we're starting to see you know the rise of these nuclear verdicts. I don't know if you all saw the one in Jacksonville. It was like a billion dollars. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to bring that up. That it was a yeah. trucking case. That one. Yeah, that one's wild. That one is, yeah. it's wild because if you look at the, how it's split up, it's like one defendant was 900 million, which was all punitive damages. And the other defendant, which was the defendant that actually was really defended was hit with like a hundred. It, w- it was such a message mm-hmm. by oh, the, yeah. uh, by the jury. The jury was like, we know you one defendant don't, you don't really exist, <laughs> but we're going to slap you on the wrist for 900. We know you have the money. So here's all of the insured damages. Um, wild, absolutely wild. Yeah. And I, and also I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that. I, I mean, that's, it's such an, it shocks the conscious number. That, <laughs> I mean, oh, I guess yeah. that's the standard, at least in, in PA, if the verdict shocks the conscious. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida, it's like a casual Wednesday. <laughs> cool. Well, that's the thing I think is interesting about Florida is the, the general demographic. Cause you have, you know, some along the coast, you have a lot of urban areas highly populated and then when you get to the center of the state it's more sparse and so i think it's just it's kind of like pennsylvania too like pennsylvania Mm -hmm. you have philly and pittsburgh and then you have the middle that's so different from 
the the cities. So I just see Florida being kind of similar in that respect. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Yeah, because we really are three states. Well, maybe like two and a half. So it's like Miami upwards to Orlando is exactly what you're describing. Well, maybe a little bit before. Right now, I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, yeah. So it's like maybe just before Orlando is is more um, built. I don't say built up, but it's 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 a different it's a different location than North Florida. North Florida is much more rural. um, And what you would anticipate seeing in maybe Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi. And then you're right. Like in the middle is this weird hodgepodge um, just before Orlando and then Orlando up probably to Gainesville. And it's it's we're 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 a melting pot of like of different everything. It's really cool. Florida's a really cool yeah. state to be in for that. And, and, and there's a lot of young, sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, you can't forget the transplants, like all the people who retire who now make their residence down in Florida. So they're not from Florida. They come from all different places and the, you know, whatever their influences are from those places. And they probably live in some of the more urban populated yeah. areas. Yep. Yep. And you have my parents are from New York and, and Massachusetts. I'm, <laughs> I'm the first Floridian of my family. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Right. And you have a ton of huge universities mm-hmm. and a ton of young people in Miami and other cities. And then you have a ton of old people. So I, I'd love to see the breakdown. I mean, I think most states is like a parabola, right? It's like most people are like in their 30s, 40s, 50s. In Florida, I feel like it's like a reverse one where there's like tons of young people and tons of old people and not as many like baby boomers or young baby boomers, you know? That's probably right. I'm thinking about know. it. I'm just. Yeah. Well, it might be. I mean, it is. We yeah. have such a large influx, especially in South Florida of. South Florida and Southwest Florida. So when I say Southwest Florida, I mean like Naples area um, is, you're right, is, is transplants from that side is transplants from the Midwest. And then the other side is transplants from the Northeast. And you're right, it is very old. And that pro- you're right, that probably does play a part in juries and that probably plays a part in some of the litigation we see. Um, probably influx of claims as well, you know, as you get older, right? Like yeah. it happens, you fall, right. you break you break a, you know, you tear your ACL. It's just super easy, but that's a really good point. Yeah. yeah. I, I find it interesting. I was talking, thinking about what you were saying before when you were in kind of, a, you're, you're a Florida litigator, but you're in new States and you're kind of learning as you go. I think once, as you get more used to that, things won't shock you at the beginning of cases anymore. I have tons of cases where you know, I, re- I represent airlines in JFK and LaGuardia in, in New York. And there's their, the suits are usually brought in Queens County, which is incredibly liberal. The plants get such a long leash. And when I have someone who's adept at litigating in those venues, they just, you know, when I do an initial review or initial strategy or initial uh, valuation of the case, and I say it's worth X amount, the people that are adept with dealing with those claims just, oh yeah, that's Queens County. I know it's taught, you know, let's, we, we can't remove it. We can't move it. We're stuck here. Let's make the best of it. And if people are used to litigating claims in Alabama and they get a New York case, they're like, what in the world are you saying? This is... <laughs> this guy wasn't even looking where he was going. Are you, are you joking me? And it's like, you have to get over that. And sometimes it takes months to get over that initial shock of like, you know, and I've, I've actually showed jury verdict awards to people to say, this is exactly what just happened six months ago in our case. And look what the jury awarded. I mean, okay, well, I guess you're right, Nate. And it's just, it's this shock of people that are used to litigating in a more conservative Southern state, maybe. And then they're all of a sudden thrust into Queens County, New York, <laughs> you know, they have to get used yeah. to that. Now you make me think about it. You're like, when people come into Florida and they're like, oh my God, right? Shocks the conscience for Florida. They're like, what yeah. is this? And I'm just like, I'm, again, it's like a casualty. Thing, like whatever. Um, yeah. It's a very good point. Yeah. yeah I, I hope so. Right. I hope so going forward, you know, some of these States. And again, it's just weird nuances in law that 
you know, you're right. I will get used to, uh, over time, but yeah. again, shout out to my defense attorneys that are keeping me up to date, uh, <laughs> keep me apprised of it. So, yeah. Well, the sure. key is to be alerted to that early, right? The key is like yeah. within the first month, here's, here's the venue. We tried to move it. We tried to remove it. It's not going to work or we, we have to table it for now. And here's what you're looking at. It's not good. You know, I, I don't mind reporting that way. It doesn't, it's not fun, but it's so much better to look back two years later and say, yep, the first month we were on board with, this is not going to be good. Um, well, I appreciate and- that. I'll tell you what, as in, inside, and I, I mean, I, I've heard this from so many claims people too. Everyone is so tired of the surprise report, right? You get the report, like, mm-hmm. like maybe towards mediation, maybe just after, no, yeah, probably towards mediation where it's like, hey, you know, I reported how everything was awesome. It's not so awesome anymore. Um, and you look at everything and, you know, another attorney could be, you know, looking at it retrospectively being like, this was not awesome, like day one maybe day two. And I tell you, that kind of reporting is refreshing, at least to me, where, you know, if there's a problem, if there's an issue, like just tell me what it is and and keep me apprised of it as opposed to getting surprised at mediation. And, you know, right with a a carrier will always say this, I don't have the authority at mediation because you didn't tell me I was supposed to have this kind of authority. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's actually a good segue because I was going to ask you about reporting. So, you know, on, on, you know, mine and Nate's side and where your old position, like reporting is like, I don't know, such a key uh, integral part of what we do on a, I feel like a day by day basis. So now that you're on the, again, the other side of the table, you know, what are you looking for in reports that you love when you see? And then what are also, what are some things that you used to do that you're like, I can't believe I did this. This is so annoying from the client perspective. Yeah, this is a great question. (laughs) Uh, So I am guilty in a previous life of writing reports that were like 30 plus pages. Um, Nate and I were just talking about this yesterday. Yep, just talking about it. We're all guilty of it, right? (laughs) Yeah, and it's, and I read like, you know, you read the guidelines and you're like, yeah, they totally want like 400 pages of of the same nonsense (laughs) Mm -hmm. they read four weeks ago, of course. So when I get, when I see reporting that's like uh, extensive like that and, and more or less a rehashing of the last four reports, drives me crazy and now I feel terrible uh, like oh yeah. my god what's the some assistant general counsel or, or claims person probably hates me and for to this day he my extensive reporting so I definitely hate long reports get to the point right no one has the time to read 40 pages of of, of that um, I like upfront reporting right for executive summary this is what's going on immediately this is what's going on this is what you need to know about this is what matters. If you need to know something in more detail, see section A, well, you know, whatever section. And that, that is, those are my favorite reports. It's my favorite reporting to see. Um, and it gives me, you know, cause I only have in the day, there's so much going on. Maybe I have 10 minutes to read the report. And if I can look in the executive summary and maybe four sections that I don't understand. Good. I'm awesome. Yeah. I I, I always think about this, like, what is it about us lawyers that we feel like we need to write these long reports? And I think it's a lot of, it's like, we got to show our worth or cover our asses. I don't know what oh, which yeah. one it is. <laughs> it's probably a little bit of both, but it, it's the need to feel like, okay. Yeah. I, I, I thought of that. And I think some of it's important. Like you don't want your client to think that you didn't think about these other things and they might, and they might respond to you with the question, like, what about X, Y, and Z? And I think when you already have addressed it in the report, it makes you feel okay. Like I, I, I covered all my bases. I answered all your questions, but again, to, to hand over a 25 page report is 
difficult because again, you know, you don't, they don't have a, a ton of time. So I, I love the executive summary. I try to do that. I don't think I call it an executive summary, but I think in my first paragraph, I say like, this is what's going on. This is what we need. You know, this is where we are. Things have changed. Things haven't, whatever it may be, that's important that you can hear it up front. And then if you want to read, continue on. Although I'm not a 25 page report person. I'm more of a, an emailer. <laughs> you guys hired. Welcome aboard, guys. <laughs> right. This was actually the interview. This was all a ruse. This is a podcast. Mm. <laughs> it's like Charlie. Well, it's, <laughs> it's recording, so you're held to that. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So I, I knew of a uh, of a gentleman who used to send out reports, and he would send a one pager. He would send a one pager, and then the twenty five page report. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "If you need to read the big report, I'm sending it to you." The you know, the this is the CYA. But here's a, an actual yeah. one pager to a company. And it was like, perfect. And people that is always- a good idea. Yeah. I like that. Like you have the email, like the, is that the executive summary, so to speak. And then you attach the 25 pager, I guess. Perfect. I don't know. I think it depends on the case though, too. Like, like sure. I think if you have like a really complex product products case, like there is a lot to talk about as, as to the specific products and what's going on. So I think there is a time and place for that, but sometimes it's just, you just don't need to do it just to do it like yeah so here's, and here's a question i have because i always think about this because i how do you feel about case law and reports because i personally don't like it unless it's like a key case that is like we're gonna go on a motion for summary judgment i found this case this is our basis this is like this is good but like regurgitating the law i don't know for me i'm like why would anyone want to read this if, if it's got to be nuanced i agree it's got to yeah. be like a, a really like in texas we only Here's the case law. Here's a good example. Here's the case law interpreting Stowers. Like this is what a Stowers demand is, and, and things like that. That's like that's more nuanced, sure. and uh, as a, you know, because Florida doesn't have a Stowers demand. So, but explain to me like the the like like the case law, like the Texas or the Minnesota or the whatever case law on like negligence. Like, come on, guys. Come on, man. I don't got time for that. Yeah, I I recently got a draft report from from somebody with like a regurgitation of law. I was like, okay, well, they don't really need to know what negligence is. I think they know. (laughs) Like shortly after the formation of this country, the Constitution was drafted. (laughs) Magna Carta. Oh my gosh, Magna Carta. You imagine being the the like uh, me on the other side. I'm waiting for that. Somebody, please, if you're watching this, please send me a report that like gives me a whole recitation. Yeah, of the common law. Yeah, I'm I'm for it. <laughs> the if you put Marbury founders. versus Madison in your report, <laughs> you're go, you're doing the right thing. You're on to, you're on target. Although, a history of English common law. I think <laughs> I want I do want someone to do that to you, Matt, as like a joke, just to see if you get the joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, let's there, do this. There's gotta just, be somebody. Defense yeah, counsel, some defense counsel is watching this. It's going to be somebody. <laughs> and if you do it, I don't know. I'll buy you a beer. Like, that's so funny. <laughs> like, you, like, that's so funny. Gosh. So, yeah, sorry. I, I was just saying, now I have unrealistic expectations of reporting because now I anticipate that every report, I'm on my toes because every report could have Marbury v. Madison in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone listening. Everyone listening, you know, make sure you throw it in there. <laughs> Um, so, you know, and anything else that you used to do that other than reporting that you used to do to your like clients and that you thought you were like being helpful, but now you're like, Hmm, maybe I should have done it differently. Or I would, or now sitting in these shoes, I would appreciate it 
this different like let's take for instance like you go to like a hearing um and you call your client on the way back now being the client do you appreciate that caller or would you rather just have it in a report so i could put it in my file and i don't have to make take any notes or anything like that so i i do like the phone calls um i like creating that rapport with defense counsel because right it's just a team effort so mm-hmm. we're, we're working together to get this thing so i do like the phone calls but i in retrospect you know i'm I'm crazy. So I'll send like a bunch of emails. Um, cause I, I, I'm probably the over reporting and reporting is fantastic, but I would send emails potentially. I'm like, Hey, just like, uh, email, nothing's going on. Um, and you know, monthly emails are fine, but like, these would be like, maybe like every two weeks, I'm like, nothing's going on. Uh, let me know if you need anything, uh, blah, 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 blah. And now if I get those, I'm like, all right, thank you. You know, <laughs> great delete. So, um, not being overzealous, in, in our, in represent, well, not representation, but in, in reporting, right? Like that was, and that's maybe something when more because I was a newer attorney and I wanted to get my name in the email box and get more clients and yeah. get more work. And that's probably what it was. But um, if you're doing that, like it's maybe a little too much. Monthly is awesome. Yeah. Uh, quarterly is, is fine. So I, in retrospect, again, if you're a claims person or assistant general counsel, I'm sorry. Your email box is flooded with my emails. I apologize. <laughs> what about if there's a big case event? So let's say you report on the first of the month. That's your that's your day for reporting for monthly, mm-hmm. and then the deposition or plaintiff happens the fourth. Uh, do you do you want to get a do you want to get a report the fifth or the sixth, or do you want to get it the, the first of the next month? If there's a big uh, event, yeah, well, plaintiff's depo, or you know, you're right, or um, something I'm not involved in. Maybe there was a motion for summary judgment here, and mm-hmm. Sanction something of that sort. I want it. You're. I agree. I, I agree. I want a email or a phone mm-hmm. call or a text message or something. Hey, this just happened. This was the result. Heads up. Mm-hmm. So definitely. So that those would be the extenuating circumstances. Yeah. To the sure. uh, overboring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, I I think our our Trish always says ne- you never let the sun set on new information. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to get that plastered on my wall. It's going to be, yeah. that's going to be in your signature line. <laughs> be like that and like colon, like Marbury v. Madison. And only <laughs> yes, like right. four people understand the job. <laughs> mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect. I'm going to change that right now. <laughs> Please. Well, reporting is such a tricky thing though, because I think it, a lot of times it does come down to like each individual's preferences like mm-hmm. you might appreciate the phone call or the text message but the you know some other client might hate like they might not want a text message You're like great if I get a text message it's on my phone it's not on my system then it, it, mm-hmm. it like everyone's a little bit different so I think kind of what you're talking about like creating the relationship and understanding what your your client prefers is really what you should do because you know Joe Smith might you know, he might not want the phone call. Like he might not want to even like to talk on the phone. You don't know. Like, you know, he might just yeah. prefer the email. It, I think it just depends on what that individual really likes. Yeah. It, it, listen, I've, uh, I just hired a law clerk um, and I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to kind of bring him in to the process kind of to expose him to the litigation process. And he might hate phone calls. He might absolutely hate phone calls. Um, so I'm just going to make sure I, in, you know, I inundate him with as many phone calls as I can, <laughs> but that he loves phone calls. Now I'm with you there. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And there was plenty of adjusters I'd worked with in the past that were like, Matt, you got to send me an email. You got to send me an email with that information. You're right. Because I put it into my system. Um, I've got a thousand litigated claims. What is your text message going to do? <laughs> it's going to appear into the ether, right? So 
Agreed. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I can't even keep up with my own text messages that have nothing to do with work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you, you put down your phone and you have 23 messages like, what happened in the world of moms? And it's like, oh, tomorrow's picture day. You know, <laughs> like, you, just, you just don't know. <laughs> I look forward to that. I look forward to those text messages. Well, you do. I, actually, it's a, we're going to derail here, but the, there is a funny thing on TikTok with the, the dads making plans. For, for all our listeners, Matt, and Nate are going to be young fathers in the coming months. With well, Matt, you had oh. did you have a child? Matt, you had a child. No, right? December. Nate, yeah. you're having oh, a kid. Oh, okay. January. Ah, <laughs> oh, Mazel Tov, Nate. That's Why it? did we start with that? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's personal. This is professional. This is the defensive <laughs> arrest. You know. Oh my gosh, that is congrat- yeah. congratulations. Thank That's Thanks. fantastic. Yeah. So we're gonna be maybe uh, maybe our little ones will be friends. I don't know. Who you never know. Or yeah, well, you're having a girl and a boy, so girl and a boy, oh, so maybe never mind. Ooh, <laughs> what do you mean never mind? What do you mean I? You don't like me? We wouldn't we'd be buddies. Come on, man. Is this a? Is it, this is like a family, right? All of a sudden, our kids meet, they fall in love at a later date. That's right. In laws, I don't know, Nate. Right. I don't know yet. Well, I mean, no, okay. I'll, next time I come out of Florida, we'll have a drink, and then you can see you'll vet me for future father-in-law status. And we'll, Again, this know. isn't a podcast, a secret interview. It's a secret That's interview. Right. That's right. yep. <laughs> well, That's I right. mean, they, they will be very close in age. So a month, yeah, a month know. apart. Yeah. Although and Matt my, is going to take advantage of the tax benefit of having a baby in 2021 and you have to wait till 2022 to get the What, what do you mean? That, oh, I see. I understand. Yeah, I know. That stinks. We didn't plan that very well. Like, you got to do early. I know it's terrible. Uh, but no, I mean, as you, I think I told you, Matt, my stepfather-in-law is lives in Waldo. So we spend a fair bit of time north of Gainesville uh, anyway. So when yeah. I'm down, we'll, we, can, we can pop. I, I, you're far away from that. That's far away from everything, really. Nate, for you, I will drive. I, I'm, I'm okay. happy to take a tour of Florida Thank you. To, to, to get that drink. Yeah. Well, that's, that's in the, you said it, Florida's two and a half Floridas. We're in the half. That's the half. There's I nothing around. One and a half Floridas to get to Nate. Yeah, oh that's right. That's a lot of Floridas. So, <laughs> anyway, that, so we were derailed. Megan, put us back on track. This is well. Not... I, I, I was put. I'm going to put us back on the off track. But oh, good. There is this the TikTok out there that it's a difference between how fathers make plans and how mothers make plans. And the fathers are like, "Do you do you want to meet at the park?" And the other dad's like, "Cool." And then, you know, then it shows the mom texting this like paragraph along like, okay, we'll be there at 2.30. I'm going to bring the snacks and the snacks. Should we invite so-and-so and they're going to be there? And then the other mom writes this paragraph long response. So it's the difference between, you know, how you guys yeah. would make plans versus. Yeah, I'm going to text Kate and be like, I'll see you later. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see you Waldo tomorrow. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That's it. So, yes. So both of you guys are having babies around the same time. Mm-hmm. May or may not, you know, in the future wed to be determined probably likely probably likely probably likely <laughs> and we'll probably have to have another podcast in like february so you, i can i can record you guys looking like all tired yeah. and your hair disheveled and mm-hmm. you know with spit rags on you and i'll laugh. my words of wisdom will be so much darker and be like this is terrible being an attorney is terrible <laughs> rocking my baby on the podcast that's right yeah yep there's tears now i'm yep. we're in all seriousness, I'm super looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. And again, Nate, that's yeah. amazing, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. When you, I think when you announced to us on the, remember before the podcast, you said you were going to have a kid and you were going to yeah. announce it that week via order from the court. Remember that? So uh, I, yeah. yeah, we knew we were pregnant, but I did not have my wife's permission to tell anyone. <laughs> so I was sworn to secrecy. 
you know. So I would have told you then, but that was, you know, I, I have a boss. So we're, I, I, listen, so do I. Do you, yeah. uh, I, getting that order signed and approved took months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. It's a backlog. There's a backlog. I didn't get with my wife's JA. It was terrible. I'm like, all right, you know, get a prompt it. <laughs> oh, will, God. I will say that I remember when, like, when my older daughter came home from the hospital, we thought we had everything under control. And we're like, this, you know, we got this. And we thought, you know, we'd put her to sleep at night. And then, you know, we were like, okay, you know, she'll wake up in two hours and then you'll feed her. And then none of that happened. We were both up all night. Like she screamed and cried the entire night. We used every single room in the house. And the next morning there were, there was like shit everywhere. (laughs) And it was like, had not even been 24 hours since she came home. We're like, oh my God, this is not what we had expected. Pure chaos. (laughs) So so anticipate that. Expect it to be exactly going back to what the, you don't Mike expect. Tyson. Yeah, I keep going back to the Mike Tyson quote from the 80s when people said you didn't prepare enough for your fights, you don't watch film, and you don't like look at your other fighters. And he said, everyone's got a plan until they're punched in the mouth. And I look at it that way. I feel like the moment the baby's born, you get kicked in the mouth, and you're just like, okay, just roll, let's go. So, yeah, I don't. we're doing as much as we can to prepare, but everyone says that anyway, so what's the point? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. We'll have a nursery set up, we'll have everything ready to go, and then we'll figure it out, so. Yeah. And you won't even use that nursery for like three months, four months. Oh, yeah. Just so oh. you know. <laughs> just finished it. Oh, no. Yeah. No. That's good. Just as a, a seasoned pro over here, I'm going to tell you, you're not going to use that thing except to take pictures. Oh, good. Really good. Excellent. All the planning is going to waste. It's fantastic. It's done. It's literally done. It's just behind these walls. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, here, here's, I'm going to say. <laughs> I have a segue back to back to oh, professional okay. stuff. I don't, we don't yes. have to, but it's a, no, yeah, bring well, us back, Nate. No, we don't need to. We don't need to. Matt, let me ask you a question: Was your how, what percentage of your choice to go from, from where you were to where you are was based on having a kid? Oh, that's a good choice. That's a really good question. Uh, candidly, like 60, 65. Yeah, I figured. I figured. Yeah, a lot of people do that right before. Yeah, they're like my life. I can't sustain the hours no. plus the marketing plus the whatever. I gotta I gotta have a little more flexibility. Well, we thought about it. We were like, well, how old does, does my kid have to be before we can like give my son a phone and then he could create uh, legal gifts. Uh, <laughs> and the math just didn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to be able to withstand it that long. That's right. It took a while to get a whiteboard. It just didn't, didn't happen. Yeah. 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 Well, I think we touched on this too at the last podcast and, you know, I, I had suspected Nate's wife was pregnant, but I knew he couldn't tell me. And well, you told us after the podcast, but how your priorities do change. And suddenly, like when you're accustomed to, you know, working a Saturday morning from X to Y, like suddenly you're not, you're not doing that anymore because just things have shifted. And as they get older, things shift even more because your Saturdays are not your own anymore. They're full of sports and birthday parties and play dates. So, you know, it really does shift your, shift your focus, whether you're in a, a firm or even in-house, you'll just find is just my advice for both of you or perspective that you'll find that you will suddenly like some things you're like my weekends are my weekends and that's it and 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 i i think it's important too to take that time too right yep no i mean my weekends even now we're doing baby birthing classes every saturday morning on zoom so they're already (laughs) what what fun (laughs) what do you mean this is necessary we got to get ready and we have in-person classes in november we're doing wow 
I remember yeah, I didn't man. do any of those classes because I was I like, it's going to happen anyway. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> Take the class or not. <laughs> Matt, you're not doing this? No, I'm going blind. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you're scared me, Dave. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say, what percentage do you think it's my choice to do these classes, especially on Zoom? <laughs> if, it's, if yours is above zero, you're wrong. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I think there were, there's like a couple of tidbits in them, but they're like three hours, you know? <sighs> yeah. It's like not really you know not really no. worthwhile to me but whatever you could so, never be too prepared i guess but some of the stuff <laughs> good god you know and then there'll be like oh here's how to change a boy's diaper and i'm like mute and then i'll just do something because i'm not doing that uh, right oh yeah okay the changing girls diapers different did you i i didn't know that until last saturday it is different yeah so uh, now i know googling a lot of things after <laughs> <this podcast. laughs> i am <Yep>. so unprepared <laughs> it's all right matt you'll get there <laughs> Oh, I can't yep. wait until our February podcast. Yeah. It's funny. It, it's funny how like uh, it's. I don't know. I, I find it humorous that like uh, as an attorney, you get some big catastrophic cases, huge file, big deal, and like no issues. You just it's almost mechanical, right? Do this, do yeah. that, do this, yep. and then you bring life into this world, and you just melt, and you're like, I'm yep. out. Yep. I yep. don't know. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, I I do think, you know, I, I think it, when it happens, you just figure it out and you just know what to do it's very instinctive i think for for both sexes in their own way like i think as as a woman you just figure out and you know what to do and i think as as the dad as the father you also like you just you figure it out like there's no rule book to this you know there's no like instruction manual you could just just figure it out yeah yeah yep. i'm i'm really nervous but i feel like <laughs> here's my here's my thought maybe i'm being too pompous but i feel like if tens or billions, I guess, billions of people over all of history have done this, you know, some poorly, really poorly, but most okay, I can figure it out. You know what I mean? I feel like that's like, you know, and I don't mean to be going blind, but I just am like, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. We're, we're the, okay. Some of the minutiae, I feel like you just figure out like week two, you get, you're, you're ready, you know? Hey, hey cavemen know. did it. That's yep. right. And cave, cave women. women. <laughs> well, but that's I'm right. sure knowing you well, Nate, though, I'm sure it does make you a little nervous not to have an instruction manual oh yeah oh yeah yep i i routinely look at l's baby bump and flip out internally i just like my ears get hot and i sweat just looking at the bump and being like oh my like they came home my sister-in-law and mother-in-law and l came home yesterday with baby gifts they got all these beautiful things like swaddles and stuff and the, and the bassinet and everything and i got I, I was like oh god and they're like don't you like it i'm like no it's beautiful but i was like shaking because i was like oh my god this is, i forgot this is happening in the middle of work I forgot this is happening in January, like no matter what. I had a moment like that. I think when I was like seven or eight months pregnant and with my first, and I was like, oh my God, this thing has to come out. (laughs) Yeah. Step one. Yeah. (laughs) And like, none of that is pleasant and we'll just keep it at that. But like (laughs) either option is not a good one. (laughs) No. 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 L is lucky because she has her sister who just did what me to move a three-year-old yeah. one-year-old niece so there's a lot of questions and that's good but L's very nervous about the actual birth which is understandable it's, but it's yeah it's nerve-wracking we're very prepared for that hopefully so yeah, yeah, yeah more so than Matt and his wife <laughs> yeah Matt what the heck? <laughs> well these birthing classes are four classes two and a half hours each at the hospital we're giving birth at so it's like and you tour it and you get like you know you see the rooms yeah, and all- everything and then you do like baby CPR and baby choking and we're definitely doing that. Yeah, that's yeah. I would definitely do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's 
I'm just, whatever. Talk about it more if you want, but I'm just nervous. I'll see you in Waldo. We'll talk about it in Waldo. Yeah, Waldo. Yeah. Thank you. Our poor listeners are like, where's the defense resting? I think they've rested. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> we, we've moved on. We have those two subscribers in Serbia. So to them, hello. Listeners. I did have a recent discussion with someone how for, for all our subscribers in, in other countries, like reach out to me. I'd love to have you on. Cause I want to know what you like, <laughs> what you're listening yeah. to. Cause I'm so curious. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love to have a conversation with folks outside of the United States. I'm in a lawsuit. I was going to post on LinkedIn about it recently, like a poll. I am so, and I hate it that I'm so like American centric when it comes to our legal system. Like mm-hmm. whoever those folks are from Serbia, like, let me know what's going on. What is, yeah. what is the law system like? How's the yeah. litigation? And, and, yeah. And like, are you listening to get tips or laugh at us? I, I'm just curious. So hopefully both. yeah, I, so this is just a, a message to all, everyone listening and other, you know, Australia, England, Serbia, I think it, Bulgaria, wherever you mm-hmm. are, message me. We're very popular in Eastern Europe. We do have a lot of Eastern Europe uh, subscribers. You really? I don't know. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. And to be fair, we've had two, we've had two, uh, podcast from england we had a, a guy from lloyd's that works mm-hmm. at lloyd's or through lloyd's syndicate and then we oh. had a professor from the oxford school of or no london business school mm-hmm. so those were both you know international podcasts yeah. you guys need to fly out to these locations it needs to be the defense what is it defense never rests international yeah so yeah. like almost like house hunters international that's right. yeah yeah, that's right. That's right. Similar concepts. <laughs> well, we'll we'll pitch our boss on the on a or a budget for that. I'm sure that'll go over well. Oh, she's gonna love. She's gonna love these podcasts. Yeah. First class that. flights to Budapest. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. It's fine. It's fine. It all makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 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 Well, we're almost out of time, but I didn't want to run out of time before. So, Matt, you got to tell everyone about uh, like. I know you're super pumped about your new company and your position, and uh, you were just raving to us about how it's like, you know, you've transitioned on, you came on during the pandemic, you're working remotely. Um, Actually, how has that been like onboarding onto a new company, you know, in this total remote position? We are pretty technologically advanced, so it's been fantastic. So a lot of things have been done um, through Google meets, zoom, what have you. So it, it's been a pretty good transition. I have been going down to Miami every so often, um, to make sure, you know, I'm not missing anything. I have good interactions with our corporate staff because our, we're based out of Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall it's been, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good on the remote, uh, life. And you're able to like connect to your colleagues enough that you don't feel like out because I imagine it's just got to be difficult. And we've had a few attorneys come on board, you know, during the pandemic. And I feel like it's just got to be different, difficult to try to connect to your colleagues. It is. So the, I, I'm a, I'm, most of my meetings are now done video just so I can, you're right, just face the boys, more interactions. And then going down to Miami has been super helpful because I meet these people in person and we have conversations and maybe we get lunch and it really it is definitely helped, but if it was purely remote, uh, like start the, of the pandemic, it would be rough. I, I, yeah. I do admit it would be rough. But then obviously there's a benefit like too, that you get to work from home. You don't have to commute to, to Miami and that's gotta be nice. Oh man. Not commuting. I, I drove to Miami yesterday. It was like an hour and 25 minutes to get there and an hour, 25 minutes to get back in, in, car to car traffic. So that's awesome. That's definitely awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it's great working from home, you know, pros and cons, definitely pros and cons on it. 
Yeah. Like I have to go to Philadelphia tomorrow and Thursday and I'm like, Oh, I gotta like, I'm already mentally preparing myself for the commute, even though it's only 12 miles. It can take, you know, 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'm now completely remote. I'm two hours away from the office and I, how often do I come in Megan once every six months? If you did, uh, you, don't, you don't even know. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Um, but it's, know. it's I'm, I love it because it's just, I mean, again, the downside is that work is always right there as is everyone else, right? Like my wife and the dogs and whatever, there's no getting away from any of that. But the plus is that, you know, I'm so much, I save, you know, two hours a day in, in commute yep. or at least an hour a day in commute. So I'll take it yeah. in my, yeah. I like I it. I love it. Me too. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but, you know, I know, and you were talking about your, your company and how, like, how much you love the people and everything there. So I, I want to give you just a moment to give your, to get a nice little plug. Thank you. <laughs> and because I know you guys are, you're looking, you keep posting about looking for new talent and things like that. So here, you know, here you, you have such a large um, platform right now. It, it's international. So <laughs> use your international plan for platform. Serbia, to- <laughs> you're listening to this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I appreciate it. Listen, Lloyd Jones is, a fantastic company with a great corporate environment, a uh, great corporate culture. Uh, we believe in compassion, passion, and uh, generally just working very well with our, our fellow man. So this is my plug to Lloyd-Jones. If you have any interest in applying the work for Lloyd-Jones, we're in a rapid growth uh, expansion period. Um, we are really looking in the senior living space. We're looking in the hospitality space. We still are existing in the multifamily space. If you have any interest in coming on board, Check us out. Check our uh, our website out, and if you have any questions, shoot me a direct message. Happy to happy to discuss. Yeah, we'll put I, your email in the in the uh, comments there. Yeah, perfect. And people could also click on your LinkedIn, which is the most popular LinkedIn out there. Yeah, you just click on your name. Well, F- follow me, Margolis. So far, Waldo, but you know, you watch yourself. <laughs> well, and one thing I wanted to touch on too, because I have noticed this since I, you know, I knew you moved in house, but you, I mean, you have kept pretty consistent with keeping up on, you know, your LinkedIn posts, posts, and I'm thankful for that because I just enjoy them so much. Like they always give me a good chuckle and you have just such a good insight in like a, a funny insight into, you know, practicing. And so thank you for continuing to do that. Don't stop. That was really thoughtful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for enjoying the content. Thank you for watching it. Look, I'm glad I have an audience that's willing to, to, to watch my funny memes. And if they're funny, like my memes and gifts, there's, there's one today I did on Squid Game. So I know. check it out. Oh, I didn't see it yet. What? Oh, I gotta watch it. We Whoa. started Squid Game last night. Maybe don't watch it. Watch it. Maybe Why? don't watch it. A little spoiler-ish. Oh. How many episodes in are you? A third of one. <laughs> the guy is like, just uh, is losing his money with betting. Nate, you should enjoy this gift maybe another day. Okay, I'll, I will put it on the back burner. Well, with with two with a three year old and one year old in the house, Squid Game is not the thing you can really watch uh, readily. You know what I mean? Give me a call in four weeks when you're when you're on okay. episode six. <laughs> Great. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Or or maybe by the weekend. Who knows when you'll get there? Wait, well, right, Nate that's... doesn't stay up late, so I don't know. No. No. I have from eight o'clock to nine o'clock, then it's time for bed. Same here. <laughs> well. Matt, thanks so much for, for joining us again on the Defense Never Rest. It's always a pleasure having you on. And I mean it. I'm gonna have I'm already planning a February, you know, tired dads <laughs> episode. 
Nate, I mean, Nate will be more tired. You'll be you'll be actually coming out of it a little bit. Like you welcome actually to the got... defense for us. This is <laughs> well, you'll right. be like six weeks in. You probably would have experienced your first full night of sleep, so you'll be doing good. Nate, not so much. Hmm. Great, thank you, Megan. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Thank you. Hmm. Um. And as always, for our listeners and subscribers, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the Defense Everest on Apple Podcasts, and we are on, le- on YouTube at the Legal Navigator. Mm-hmm.